the future of church planting with uh, structures of a decentralized 3.0 internet is actually very, very exciting. And I think the church needs to embrace that. We actually had a fight <laughs> about, <laughs> like, I was trying to invite her to church and she's like, she really refused and then she got angry <laughs> at me. And <laughs> I was so passionate too. So I'm like, why don't you come? And <laughs> Hello, welcome to episode one of the Future Podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And we're just going to be getting together and talking about the future of the church, kind of reimagining what church life could be. Pumped. Yeah. Pumped. Just want to give a shout out to my mum. Not sure who else is listening to this, but my mum. I'm pretty sure she will be. So um, thanks for the subscribe. <laughs> I'll do my best to get my mum to listen to it as well. Amazing. We'll We're doing this, bro. Yeah, I'm excited. First first podcast and been yeah, been dreaming to do this for a long time and a lot to lot to talk about. Definitely. Definitely. So we are planting a church in twenty twenty two in Brisbane. Come on. Looking forward to it. What's what's gonna look like? It's incredible. I actually grew up outside of Brisbane in Toowoomba, if you know where that is, T Bar for those in the know. And uh, incredible time. In T-Bar, but before that, I even grew up in an even smaller town called Warwick outside of Toowoomba. And so we are country boys at heart, but God has put something, yeah, big in our hearts to do something incredible for God in Brisbane. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and I'm from South Africa originally. Yes, me too, from a very small town. South Africa. So, South Africa. <laughs> I've lost my accent, <laughs> kind of. It'll, it'll come out. It'll come out. And uh, from a small town called Ishawi and then moved to Australia to Adelaide. But super pumped to be living in Brisbane. Um, yep. So, yeah, the, the church we're planting is called Future Church. So let's start there the, with the name. Uh, when Luke told me his idea for the name, we were at his house on his balcony and he mentioned, ah, I was like, what kind of name ideas do you have? And he said, Future Church. And when I first heard it, I thought, wow, that's a little, uh, I didn't say this. I thought that's a little arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) The Future Church. (laughs) I think there's probably a big difference between the the Future Church and Future Church. But once you kind of explained the name to me and the meaning behind the name, I was on board and super pumped. So could you just talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So what the Future Church definitely does not mean like we are the future. Like I am the future. Come follow me. I've never had that kind of attitude of, um, you know, competition i guess like you know we want to be better than anyone or thinking we're better than other people um you know the church we got to work together and i think the future of the church is collaborative so it's definitely not about us being the future but probably what it more is is actually a challenge to myself and a challenge to our team that if we call the future church we've got to continue continually look forwards we can't be stuck in what we've always done and it's a challenge to me that, you know, every time I see the name of our church, I, I have to start thinking forwards. I have to start thinking progress, innovation, next generation, um, unreached people, church planting. It's a, it's a reminder of me that there's still so much work to do. The future is good. And we fundamentally really believe in the next generation that they're going to lead an incredible church, that the future is going to be so much brighter than where we've come from, even though we love where we've come from. Um, we're definitely standing on the shoulders of giants, um, but the church needs to change. And every generation feels like revolutionaries. We know that. Um, Thomas Jefferson said that. Every generation needs a revolution. 
And but every generation needs to reimagine the church, reimagine the f- the future of what it looks like, not the gospel, because that's not changing. But how how are we going to organize? How are we going to do things together? What is that? What is the the church of the future look like? And we're just really excited to reimagine that and to make some changes in some ways, but really dig into our roots in other ways. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And just hearing that story, that just got me on board. You know, that's what I'm all about as well. And just like sowing into the next generation and, and seeing them rise up. That's just yeah. what an exciting vision, you know. Um, so I guess let's just talk a bit about, about that. What do you see some big things? I mean, we've got a lot more episodes to do for the podcast, but what do you see some big changes in the church and like you said we're not throwing out everything and we're standing on the shoulders of many amazing people that built the church and took us to this level but i guess it's now our chance for the next season but what do you see as the future of the church some big things some important things yeah well i think um that's a great question man and i think um that's that the world is changing you know it's not just the church that's changing it's whole the, the whole of society is changing and, um, you know, I remember reading Peter Drucker's book on management, you know, as a, as a young pastor that was written like 50 years ago and him talking about the concepts of centralized power and decentralized power and how over these centuries in the world and in the Christian faith, we've gone through times and periods of centralized power where we had big institutions, big monopolies of power that really did dominate and um, sometimes control and even manipulate um, the a lot of people through their centralized power. A few people, very good, and then a lot of people really with without access to make making a difference. And what I'm pretty excited about right now is there's a real move away from that. There's a move back to decentralizing that power and that ability to be able to reach people with the gospel. And um, I'm really excited about that. We're seeing this right now in economics. Um, Crypto is changing the world. Um, it probably continually will if we keep believing the uh, the right the right people. I'm not sure. Um, I've got a little bit of crypto. You on the crypto yet? Uh, no, no crypto at the moment, but definitely. <laughs> you get, That's a later episode, guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that more. But sure. I'm more excited about the the technology behind that being the you know smart contracts about NFTs being. You know the the future of of um, uh, ticketing or the future of um, community fundraising, the 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 future of church planting with uh, structures of a decentralized 3.0 internet is actually very very exciting, and I think the church needs to embrace that. You know, um, many times in history we have been guilty of lagging behind in 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 you know, just change. We've, we've been guilty of that. We, we all have, guys. This is not pointing any fingers um, except for at myself. And we need to continually um, innovate in a world that it has an open market. You know, we're about to step into a blue ocean strategy. We're about to step into a blue ocean opportunity that has so much opportunity for the average person. I mean, look at what we're doing right now. Like, who knows? There's probably like five to ten people listening to this right now. Um, we're, met, we're we're reaching a huge audience. Um, we're we're in our living room. Anything is possible here. Um, that wasn't possible um, just a number of years ago, but but it is now. 
in, in many different ways. Education is completely changing from universities being the central power um, uh, dominating education. That is changing. And it will continue to change. Our children will probably go to school in a very different environment in 10 to 15 years' time with options. I think that's really exciting. And um, I just think the the church of the future is going to be decentralized in many ways that we cannot see right now, but we need to prepare for. And I think big picture, what that means is more people following Jesus and less people just following a pastor or following a brand of a church, or following a denomination, but more people empowered to follow Jesus and really make a difference in their world. And I am fired up for that, fired up for it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds, I mean, I mean that sounds like how I read the Gospels. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like these big, mega, like big gatherings, but it was these in Jesus with people in people's homes. And obviously it had to go beyond that to reach the world. But um, I, I just, when I read the gospel, that's what I feel. You yeah. know? That's how the church was. It's very communal. And I, I love that we can empower leaders, like empower more leaders and more people to go out yeah. and do things. Definitely. Sure. That's the way I read the book of Acts. And, you know, a lot of things are shaking right now. Mm. And I actually think it's a good thing that a lot of things are getting shaken right now in our culture, not just in the church, but in society, our financial systems, our political systems are absolutely failing all over the world, especially our, our, our political camps. They don't make sense anymore. We're, we're trying to build things on things that made sense 50 years ago, but they don't make sense now. And the whole world is in a bit of a shaking, you know, and I think Christians have, have become passionate about some of these things and maybe we've lost some of that passion. Um, we've lost the focus on the biggest cause and the highest calling of following Jesus, the Great Commission, the Gospel. And we need to come back to that and we need to let go of some of those other things and, and really get back to the fundamentals of following Jesus. And that's what I'm excited about. The Gospel is the thing that's not shaking right now. Yeah. I know some people are trying to deconstruct the Gospel. Um, the Gospel is, is the thing that's definitely not changing. It's, it's, it's just so solid. What Jesus has done for you is so, so strong and so confident. That's the thing I can build my life on. Everything else can shake, but that thing won't, won't, won't ever change. And so I think, I think a lot of people are getting back to that. I want to follow Jesus. And that is a great thing. And, and we want to build a church around that, around that concept of we, I'm going to follow Jesus. Every person um, can have a relationship with Jesus. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Hi, this is Izumi Kennedy. And this is... Hi, I'm Kazue. Yeah, I still remember you coming to our <laughs> church back then as a, a university student. And <laughs> good times. That's like 12 years ago? That was already 18. 12 years ago, wow. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, and you were part of my connect group, and mm. I was really excited about you, like really on fire for Jesus, and always passionate about for new people. You always had a heart to share about Jesus to um, the people who don't know about Jesus yet, because in Japan there's so many people mm. who don't know about Jesus. So yeah, yeah so that's True. been part of your like passion, I guess, to mm. reach out to new people. 
Yeah, I've always loved um, like inviting my friends to church because, yeah, this church was really like a amazing church to invite your friends. So I was always telling my friends <laughs> about church and Jesus and the Bible. And actually, one of my, um, oh no, two of my best friends at uni um, got saved in this church. And yeah, I. Yeah, that's like my one of the best stories um, about my friends, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember um, back then, Kazuo used to bring every week someone from her university, and one of her friends was really against. Um, wasn't she against uh, Christianity at the beginning? Like uh, Kazuo kept inviting her, but she kept saying, "No, I don't want to go." <laughs> And she was pretty straightforward, but I, I was really amazed that Kazuo never gave up, and she kept inviting her for events, Christmas production. When was the time she um, finally came to church? Do you remember? Yeah, so I kept on inviting these two friends, and one of them was um, against church, and she took ages to come, maybe for a year or something. And the other friend came, and then she stopped coming, and then the the, well, the one who was against church <laughs> started coming. And we actually had a fight <laughs> about, <laughs> like, I was trying to invite her to church and she's like, she really refused and then she got angry <laughs> at me and <laughs> I was so passionate too. So I'm like, why don't you come? And, <laughs> and then she finally came and one of the Christmas events, I think. And yeah, she, um, she was really teary and then she's like, I don't know why I'm crying, but <laughs> I think I need to. I need to know Jesus, and yeah, and she became Christian first, the one who was against church, and then the the one who stopped coming um, on the way, she also came back, and they both became Christians, and they both got baptized, and yeah, that was a that was amazing. We actually hung out with her last a uh, few weeks ago, and she she's now mother of three and married to a Christian husband, and. She's yeah, she's changed so much. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the things we love seeing someone's mm. life getting changed, meeting their life partners and yeah, just Jesus changing them so mm. much. And that's what we want to see in Brisbane too, because like when we were planting church here, like I was thinking, oh it, you know, like because of this church like uh, people can come to church and then meet God and and then their lives getting changed. So if we plant a church in Brisbane we can see more people coming. And through that, we can see the whole family being blessed. And that's, that, that's what really excites us. And, yeah. yeah. In a way, the future church is kind of going back to simplicity. So we like, right. the future is almost going back to just making it about Jesus and what keeping it simple for people to follow sure um, and that doesn't mean simple doesn't mean easy and simple doesn't mean stupid um, but simple just means um, the focus <coughs> one thing we're on yeah on Jesus on missions that's right yeah. it, it definitely does and we've come from a background the last 15 years um, we've been planning churches in Asia right mm. so um, you just gave your church um, handed over your church Yep. After leading for seven or eight years. Seven years, yeah. So we planted that church. Um, planted out of 
Luke's church in Osaka. Yep. So this is actually the what the third church that we're planning together. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Osaka, Kobe, and now Brisbane. Come on. Um, um, but we've really just been super focused on reaching people who have never heard of Jesus before for the yeah. last 15 years. Yeah, the, uh, the way we've grown our churches hasn't been from other people, other Christians joining our churches because in Japan there are no other Christians. <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. the second most unsaved nation in the world, um, right. there is no one else. <laughs> so I think that's really in the core of who we are is we want to see people who've never had the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus. We want to see them come in and hear about Jesus and make the life changing, mm. or have the opportunity to make that life changing decision for themselves. Right. So it really is from the, the core of who, who we are and what we've been doing for the last 15 years. And that has forced us to really think differently and start innovating, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. Like when you don't know the culture, when you don't know the people, when you don't know how, um, even language. I mean, we came with no Japanese. Yeah, my Japanese still isn't very good. Yeah, mine either. <laughs> Yours is better than mine. Um, but, but that has been a blessing because we've had to think differently. How do we build a church in the biggest cities in the world when no one's heard of Jesus before? It's, it has forced us to think. And I just think this innovative way of thinking is just really part of now part of who we are. And it's really driven by um, how to get more people to know Jesus. That's really what where creativity comes from and innovation comes from. It comes from mission. It doesn't come from I want things to be more comfortable. It comes from mission. How do we get more people to know Jesus? Let's innovate around that. And I think we've got to continually keep on pushing. Um, it's easy to get comfortable. Really, it is. Like when you have everything you need and in your church, you know, people, you know, we love each other and I got great friends and I don't need any more friends. At that point, it's very easy to turn inward focus. But our whole life has been outward focus. We have to keep pushing outwards because, you know, if, that, if we don't go and, and share the gospel, people will never hear it. And uh, I think there's a new generation in Australia coming up that don't know the gospel, that have, that don't know anything about Jesus. And we're excited to come back. I feel like God's bringing us back now for this very moment of um, to reach that next generation. So that's why we're back, man. Yeah, that's true. That's it. And I guess I, the way I see it, talking about the future, um, it's not so much we're not changing the gospel, of course. That never changes. But the way we give, we deliver it, the, I guess the, the thing is, it's where people are now uh, is different to where they were 15, 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when we came to Japan, we, we didn't have any friends. So we just literally went onto the street and played music. And we tried handing out flyers. Nobody wanted it. But it wasn't until we played music and um, actually made friendship that we discovered, ah, oh, people are open. People want to hear about Jesus. And I think the future is that as well. Like, People are now online or wherever they're at, you know, and people want it, but they still need community. And it's a, the future is about, okay, meeting people where they're at in this new, this new generation. Like what, what are they on? Whatever that means. And then, but still delivering a, a real community that would have been like what Jesus had. Right, right. I love this scripture in um, Hebrews 12 verse, I think it's 26 because it's in the message, but... I love this verse. It says, um, one last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. Sounds like what's happening in our culture right now, a real shaking up of things. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, you know, decluttering, getting rid of a lot of things that maybe we shouldn't have never had in the beginning that we bought because they were on sale 
and it was the latest church trend, so we bought it, but it didn't really help us, distracted us from reaching people, getting rid of it all, and just going back to, let me get back to the verse, sorry, um, get rid of all the historical and religious junk, all of the um, pomp and pious, all of the... Um, uh, the gap, I would say, the man of God syndrome, the celebrity culture, um, the green room culture. Let's just get rid of it all. And I'm talking to myself. I'm preaching to myself here, guys. Get rid of it all and get back to the gospel. Get back to knowing Jesus and building great communities. It says, so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. We want Jesus to be in plain view. Because Jesus is the best thing we have as a Christian message. We don't have much else. We have Jesus. Because I'm not that great. We're not that perfect, right? But we got Jesus. And if we put Jesus front and center, then we got a good shot at reaching people, guys. So I think we've got to get rid of a lot of things that don't point to Jesus. Maybe point to ourselves or our, our following or our branding or whatever it else. Branding is only important in so much as it helps people meet Jesus. Anything beyond that, it, it becomes weird. So, I mean, you were sharing that, that great verse there from John chapter 1. I love that verse. Yeah. yeah. Something very similar. Yeah, this is kind of my my calling as well. Is why I want to be in Brisbane, but it's in John 1 verse 23. And it's um, John just quoting Isaiah. And he's saying, I am... I am the voice of the one in the wilderness. I'm making the way straight for the Lord. Um, and I just, yeah, love that picture. That That's what our role is as, as pastors or, or Christians in the church. Like We're obviously not the man of God or we're not Jesus, but we're pointing towards Jesus. And in everything that we do, it's pointing towards something greater than we are. And I think that's a great like just way to live life. And I think that's what, when we talk about the future church, that's what... Um, the future of the church is about pointing to to Jesus less than we point to this person or putting our faith in this money finance thing. And it's, it's what's people, the humanity has done since humanity began. <laughs> We've always put our faith and tried to be God and try to put mm. our faith in other things, but it's never worked out. Um, so it is really, it's, it's new and novel, but also it is old and ancient at the same time. Just yeah. keeping the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus. It's, yeah. it's true. It's not all about you, Tim, but you are huge. You are tall. <laughs> You're about seven foot. <laughs> no, it's because uh, I've lived in Japan for the last... It's just contrast. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> just I've actually felt normal in Japan the last 15 years. I'm not looking forward to, to that context, going back and just being short again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. I think you'll be all right. How tall are you? I'm 100 and... 70 depends who you ask but i'm 174 on my driver's license let's go with that <laughs> in the high heels I think that's probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and my um cowboy boots <laughs> that's all good ah. so preaching then preaching then is is I, I think this is a great example when it comes to preaching is preaching is not all about me mm. and <clears throat> One of the things that's changing is when we talk about decentralization is we've had just such a huge focus and pressure around Sundays need to, to fulfill everything. Sunday is so important that it must fulfill everything in everyone's life. And that model, I think, has been slowly fading for the last 20 years because people are coming less and less on Sundays. What was committed <clears throat> 20 years ago 
was every week or maybe twice on Sundays. Um, what's what people are calling committed now is once a month. Um, now we know that's not true. We no, that's not that's not a measure of commitment. Um, we've got to get different measurements. Success in the future does not look like how many bums are on the seats on Sundays. It has to go beyond that. I, I think we all realize that's not the measure that we need to go for in the future. Um, there's 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 many more. Um, important things to that now sunday coming to church gathering worshiping with people is absolutely important and vital we're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater here at all um but it can't be our only measure we have to go deeper than that i'm excited to hear people talking about discipleship again and we're going to talk about that in a future episode about the change in discipleship which is a good thing moving from a little bit heavy-handed to more grace-based discipleship um, but actually getting back to that, teaching people how to follow Jesus, um, well, isn't that an amazing idea? Um, but getting back to that, I think it's very, very important. Um, but as a preacher, when we live in that model of Sunday world, um, which I have done, of course, um, it, it, there really is a lot of pressure on preachers, guys. There's a lot of pressure on preachers to be everything because people are not reading the Bible, then it means I need to be everything. And I'm just so blessed to, to had led a church the last 15 years where that I never felt that pressure, where I felt um, because the vast majority of people were reading the Bible, uh, as, as first-generation Christians were reading the Bible, were taking notes, were actually learning how to be self-feeders from, God's, from you know, the, the Word of God, from, from the Bible, and then did come to Sunday, not... Uh, like someone in a desert finding a pond of water, but actually someone who's uh, ready to contribute something. To actually come to church to serve or to bless other people is a, a very different experience than the person who's coming to be a consumer and say, well, what can you offer me? It's a very different experience. And so therefore, as a preacher, I can get up and I can share God's word and I don't need to... Um, be a you know whoever you want to name a famous preacher i don't need to be that um, because all i need to be is uh the 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 pastor the shepherd um the shepherd who's encouraging the sheep in in their ongoing relationship with jesus um you know um bringing something uh, bringing something from god bring some direction bring you know whatever it is but i don't have the pressure to be everything to everyone which is a blessing yeah, that's so true. And I guess we live in a time when people can listen to the, the very best <laughs> preachers in the world, right. but that's not why people join churches. And I think what you said is huge. Like they have mission. It's about coming to Sunday and bringing contribution. And I think Sunday is a celebration of right. what God is doing in their lives Monday to Saturday. And right. I think that's a big part of what church should be. Church shouldn't be like, oh, this place where I... I mean, it should be a place where people obviously can receive... But it's also a place where people can celebrate and and their hearts are full of Jesus if they've been discipled well and have yeah. their own personal relationship. The problem is if that's the only place you're receiving. Yes. Then yes. we're in trouble. Mm. Um, you know, the word church, someone sat at my dinner table the other night and asked me, what is what is church? You know, that's the kind of questions we get here. Um, what is church? And I said to him, it's, it's, there's two concepts with the church. Um, one is community. Okay, but... But honestly, you can get community in a lot of places. Church is really good at it and set up well for it, but you can get it in a lot of places. We do jujitsu, and the jujitsu community is like really good community. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the best cult I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crazy Baja, it's a, it's a kind of a cult, but um, a non-religious cult, so it's okay. Um, and then the other part of it is mission. It's mission. It's not just community, guys. It's community with mission. We're coming together for a purpose. There's a purpose for this, and it's the Great Commission, and that is what Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, um, baptize people, name of the Father, Son, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'm going to be with you in that process. Jesus loves this process. He loves church planning. He loves what we're doing right now. This sense of um, doing it together, being on mission together, that is a great picture of the church. Um, and mission's going to look all different in all different stages of life. I get that. Um, but I'm just so thankful to be um, with you, bro, planning church with um, some of our best friends. Yeah. Um, is just a dream come true. Totally. That's what I've always <laughs> wanted to be a part of. And um, yeah, just so much vision. Just so much vision, so much excitement for something not revolutionary, but something fresh and just something based on Jesus. And right. um, that is the goal and that is the vision there. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we've got so much more to say uh, over oh, yes. the next, the coming weeks. We're going to be sharing. Um, we're going to be going through some of the book content that we mm. are going to release about the future of the church. Yeah. And we're going to, yeah, discussing around some of the chapters and some of the content in that book. And I uh, can't wait to, to share that with you guys. Yeah. Dig a little deeper. But yeah, really looking forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Um, how pe- how can people connect with you? Uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram at Tim U Evans, <laughs> and uh, if you want to connect with the church, you can go to futurechurch.io, as well as there's an app that you can download, um, and through there you can send us a message. If we got interest meetings happening online, which we'd love you to jump into, so there'll be also updates there that you can find out. How about yourself, Luke? Definitely. Yeah, just Luke Kennedy. I'm on Instagram and... No Twitter, no TikTok. No. No, but we should start. If you want I would to like see... to see you dance on TikTok. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. See you guys in the next episode. <laughs>